0: Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. When you get ready to do something or stand before somebody, when you get ready to sing, when you get ready to do what God has called you to do, and you begin to feel the loops, the loops what's happening what are you thinking they may not like me i may not do well enough or you god tell you to speak to somebody well i don't know enough bible I, I don't know how to pray i don't know that it's the same thing that goes over and over and over and over creating a knot at that time slow down relax breathe take your mind off of that put your mind on the lord Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, I'm going to welcome all of you that are here right now, uh, live and, and in our ministry here. And we welcome all of you who are there at home or at work or wherever you are, driving on the road in your car. Thank you so much for being a part of today's service. I know the Lord has a rich word for you and uh, you're listening and watching. You're listening or, or watching is not by accident because God is about to is about to speak to you a rich and relevant word that will change your life. Today, we're going to uh, part two of the series entitled releasing your potential, releasing your potential. This is such a huge a huge matter. I'm telling you that in this year, in this season, God is releasing his people like a master archer from the bow. He's releasing his people like arrows from his bow into many different sections and sectors of life. He's releasing us all throughout the world to do what he's called us to do. But there are many reasons why Many are refusing, God, I don't want to go. I, I'm afraid. I'm so afraid. And The Lord showed me that many years ago, and it's up to us to not only know that fear, but to conquer that fear, because there's so much actually riding on you, so many depending on you. To do what God has called you to do. Your role is vital to the kingdom of God. It's vital. Turn to your name and tell them, you are vital to the kingdom of God. Whether you know it or not, you are. You are. Last week I gave you about six things that would prevent us from reaching our potential in this season. The first one was the fear of failure, second one, low self esteem, third, a fatalistic mindset. Things will never get better for me. Fourth, a, um, negative associations. You've got too many haters in your life, and you're listening to too many haters. Five, laziness. And six, procrastination. Procrastination. So, today's message, we want to really focus on the fear aspect and speak from the subject of help, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. So, we're going to go into some root scriptures that we want to continue to keep confessing before us as we go throughout the week because you are important and you have a divine destiny. Proverbs 28 and 1. I want you to look at this one. Proverbs 28 and 1. And it says this The wicked flee when no man pursueth. But what happens? But the righteous are bold as what? As a lion. So say with me, I am bold as a lion. lion. You must keep that confession. I am bold as a lion. Don't wait till you get in the face of your adversary to begin to confess this. You must confess it now. I am bold as a lion. The Bible says that we are righteous. We We know that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. So Jesus has made you righteous. I am bold as a lion. Say that. All right, I have of line. Let's look at uh, Philippians four thirteen. You know this very well. It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So say with me, I am strengthened by Christ. So I can do all things. You got that? Nothing's impossible for you. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, verse number 14. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. And it says this. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and make it manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Say with me, I always triumph, I always triumph. in Christ. In Christ. I, always triumph I always triumph in Christ. That means you always win. You always win in christ so please keep those in mind now the world the world will tell you you can't do this you'll see this through advertisements you see it on social media the world says you can't do this but god says you can you don't have to be afraid let me say that again you don't have to be afraid but you must know your enemy you must know fear fear has the power to cage you but don't let it you don't have to fear it and you don't have to be ashamed of fear in your life because this is something that you will overcome now this is one reason that the enemy is able to traffic in and out in and out our lives because Really, many in the modern-day church think it is less than spiritual or it is unspiritual or it is a sign of weakness to admit, I'm afraid. We don't want to appear weak in front of other people. We don't want them to know, you may, think, you may not think I'm saved. You may think something of me. But remember, fear has power as long as it operates in Darkness. When you don't expose that to the light, that means the devil can continue to traffic in and out of your life in that area. You must expose it by confession, by prayer, and telling someone else about this. I guarantee you the next time you stand before a group or stand before some sort of meeting or a group of people, and if you just say, you know what, I'm a little nervous, I'm a little afraid right now, but we're going to go ahead with this you will see how your fear will begin to diminish. You've drug drug your fear out of the dark right into the light. The enemy defeats those who do not confront the fear, who do not confess the fear, because you cannot overcome something when you don't confront it and when you don't confess it, when you don't get it out of you. When you confess it out, it goes out. When you talk about it, it goes out. But as long as you keep that in and keep it hidden, then the enemy can traffic in and out of your lives. And this is how he's maintained a stronghold on many of us. We hide it away. Hide it away for fear of other people knowing that we're afraid. Isn't that crazy? I'm afraid that you'll know that I'm afraid. That's crazy. But when we're just honest, hey, I'm afraid. If I know God's got me, would you pray with me? And when you do that, you unmask that. Now, fear is nothing. It can be a spirit, but oftentimes it's simply a negative emotion that is brought about by meditating on the wrong things too many times. Too many times. It is an obstacle to overcome. It is a shadow with no form with no real substance. It is a toothless, clawless lion that cannot hurt you. It has a roar, but it can't hurt. Are you hearing? The Lord commands us in multiple places. Now, I want you to see this as well. The Lord commands us in multiple places throughout the Scripture to fear not. He says, fear not. Meaning, do not allow your mind to be wrapped up and you continue to give honor and reverence to the situation, but not to God. We're overcome with fear when we honor or when we pay more attention to the circumstance, and then not to him. Understand something. I want you to also look at this word fear, not. Fear not. Now, the word not is also spelled K N O T. Like you knotting your shoes, right? Knotting a string, a knot. God says, fear not. Fear has a knot. And what is a knot? Knot is when you loop a material over and over and over and over again, and it forms a knot. What happens when we're fearful? The same thought loops in our mind over and over and over and over again. And it's a cycle in the mind that must be broken. So the Lord really warns us, fear not. Look at that, fear not. That's a fear not. That thought in your mind is a fear knot don't allow your thoughts to be entangled to be looped over and over and over again creating a knot well that knot must be untangled must be untangled through your confession must be untangled through your prayer it must be untangled uh, as you release the fear and as you confess who you are in God you got me so when you see that term, fear not, it's also warning. That's a fear not. That's a fear not. And Don't allow that, those thinkings or those words to create a knot in your mind and allow you to go into loop over and over and over again. And you'll notice the strength of the knot when you get ready to do something or stand before somebody, when you get ready to sing, when you get ready to do what God has called you to do, and you begin to feel the loops the loops what's happening what are you thinking they may not like me i may not do it well enough or you god tell you to speak to somebody well i don't know enough bible i, I don't know how to pray i don't know this. it's the same thing that goes over and over and over and over creating a knot at that time slow down relax breathe take your mind off of that and put your mind on the lord And really, at that moment, we have what's called a dirty mind. Tell your neighbor, don't have a dirty mind. A dirty mind mind is when your thoughts are more on the things that the devil is doing and not on the things that the Lord is doing. Got a dirty mind. When we are fearful, when we are so caught up with worry, when we're so stressed out about stuff, there's a dirty mind. That mind needs to be cleansed cleansed by the Word of God. Tell, tell your neighbor again, don't have a dirty mind. Let your mind be cleansed and watched. Now, here's a secret that I want to tell you. You're not alone in your fear. And really, when fear has gripped you so much to the point where you can't speak or you can't perform or you can't do what God has called you to do or you have difficulty with that, That fear actually tells you that what you have to do is great. What you have to do is actually mighty. It has substance and it has weight. The potential of it will shake and shock the world. Because those who have little will face little opposition. But those who have much will face much opposition. So the presence of your opposition or the size of the enemy uh, army against you tells you about the size of the gift of God within you. The presence of your haters, the multitude of your haters, the multitude of their accusations and the words against you, the multitude tells you, it forecasts, wow, this must be something big that I have on the inside of me. Little opposition, little gifts big opposition big gifts big gifts are you hearing me so here's a secret that that enemy does not want you to know is that you are not alone in your fear as a matter of fact God called many many in scripture and they all started off afraid too they were so afraid but the greatest of these overcame their fear and trusted God We could talk about Gideon. As a matter of fact, let's look at that. Gideon in the sixth chapter. Gideon, the children of Israel were in bondage again to the Midianites there. They were oppressed. And God said to Gideon, I'm going to use you. Here's Gideon's response in Gideon, the sixth chapter, verse number 14. And the Lord says here, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Look at Gideon's response. And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. You don't want me? And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee. Look at that. I, the Lord said, I will be with thee and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. I want you to notice something. Whenever God gives you a commission, he's always going to be there with you. You're never meant to fulfill the commission or the assignment alone. Let's look at Saul. I love the way uh, Saul's uh, Saul's story as well. Let's look at Saul's story in 1 Samuel 9, just two verses, verses 20 and 21. The Lord says here, Rather, Samuel talking to Saul. And Samuel said, And don't worry about those donkeys that were lost three days ago, for uh, for they have been found. And I am here to tell you that you and your family are the focus of Israel's hopes. Look at verse 21. Saul replied, But I am only from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Israel. And my family is the least important of all the families of that tribe. Why are you talking like this to me? I'm nobody. I can't do this. I can't do this. Now, we see exactly what was going on in um, Saul's mind. And actually, let's look at 1 Samuel 15 and 17 after Saul sinned. We, we get a picture here of what's happened in what he was thinking at that time. Samuel said, Is it not true that even though you were small, insignificant in your own eyes, you were made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed you king over Israel? Look at that. When you were small or insignificant in your own eyes— God said, I still appointed you king. When you didn't think that you could do it or that you were qualified, God said, I appointed you. He didn't wait till you had a high opinion of yourself or that you had all of your things in a row. God said, I appointed you when you thought you were nothing. But again, we let fear stop us. But the Lord says, I don't look at the... Outward appearance of your qualification. He said, I look at your heart. I know you. I know you. And we can look at the story of Esther. In Esther Esther, the fourth chapter, Esther, the fourth chapter, we know how Mordecai, or rather Haman, had signed really a decree with the king to kill all the Jews, and Esther was the one that was assigned she was assigned to her she was the chosen to deliver the people of God let's look at this Esther the 4th chapter verse 13 and it says Mordecai sent this reply, sent this reply to Esther now keep in mind that Esther was afraid here because she knew that she could not go before the king uninvited if you went before the king uninvited that was really a death sentence unless he extended the golden scepter to you, which meant that you are proved and that you could state your case. She knew that if I went there before the king, I could die. That was fearful. Mordecai said to her, her uncle said, uh, and Mordecai sent this reply to Esther, don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape. When all other Jews are killed, if you keep quiet at, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. I love that. Some things you're just going to have to do. And then Esther tells them, all right, I'll do this, but you guys got to fast three days and three nights, and I'm going to be fasting with you. And she says one thing that's really powerful. She says, if I die, then I die. If I die, then I die. If your calling is not worth your death, then it's really not a calling. If you're not willing to die for what God has called you to do, then it is not of God, or you have not accepted your assignment. The Lord Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it will bring forth much fruit. You must be willing, in order to release your potential, you must be, really, be willing to die for what God has called you to do. To give all of yourself, to invest yourself fully in the assignment that God has given unto you. If you're not willing to do that, then you need to go back and revisit and say, Father, what have you called me to do? If it's not worth dying for, it's definitely not worth living for either. She said, If I die, then I die. But I will do what God has called me to do. Now, I love what Paul said here in the, in the New Testament here. As he started his journey with the Lord, I want you to hear what he said here. I want you to hear this. In 1 Corinthians 15, 9 Verse 9 and 10 He says, For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. Understand that Paul, before he was Paul, was also named Saul, and we know that he went around uh, putting Christians in prisons and also had them killed. We know that when Stephen was killed they they threw his coat there at Saul's feet he was instrumental in Stephen's death he said I'm not worthy to be called an apostle I'm not worthy for this I know what I did I know what happened but listen to this he does not let his past influence his future hear what he said here in verse number 10 He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Let those words sink into your mind, sink into your spirit. By his grace, I am what I am. In my opinion, I'm not qualified for this. In my opinion, I don't have the track record for this. In my opinion, I have messed up. I have made mistakes. I have sinned. I have fallen short of the glory of God. But I am who I am. I am what I am by the grace of God. I am God's choice, and I receive my assignment. Does that make sense to you? Not running from it anymore. I am what I am by the grace of God. And then he goes on to say, and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labor more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Paul's saying, I'm not doing this by myself. The Lord is with me. Now, here's another secret, and we really need to get this And this is that, again, the Lord never called you to do this alone. When he made you, when he formed you in the belly, he knew that he would have to be in you to do what he called you to do. So it's up up to us to receive his presence in everything that we do. There is only so far that your gifts can take you. It's only so far that you're speaking or you're writing or you're singing or you're baking or whatever the gift that God has given you. It's only so far that your gift will take you. It's only so far that the flesh will take you. But you are never meant to go even an inch without him. Moses understood this. When he brought, the, when God used him to bring the children of Israel out and they came out and The Lord told Moses, all right, you go ahead and take the people on now. Moses said, I'm not going unless you go with us. I'm not going unless your presence goes with me. Moses understood that that when you're with me, I can do everything when you're with me my enemy can be defeated when you are with me I cannot be defeated when you're with me I am strong when you're with me I am bold and courageous when you're with me I am not afraid I'm not willing to go I'm not willing to do without you we've got to have that That zeal, that mindset, that tenacity that I refuse to do this without him. I refuse to to speak or to preach or to sing or to cook or to be a business owner without him, without the presence of the Lord. That means that I will labor in his presence. I will fast. I will pray. I will seek his face until his presence comes upon me. Then I will start the journey. Remember, as anointed as the Lord Jesus Christ is, and as He was here, walking upon the face of the earth, he did not start his public ministry until after he endured uh, the mountain of the mountain of temptation, after he endured the temptations of the enemy. The Bible says that he came out in the power of the Spirit. Even though he was all God, He left us an example that he did not start ministry until he was infused with the Holy Spirit. God must be with you. God must be with you. And he says, as a matter of fact, in Deuteronomy 31 verse 6, there's a promise the Lord says here, be strong and, and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Rather, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that goeth he that is that doeth go uh, with thee he will not fail thee nor forsake thee and I love this promise in John the 17th chapter hear me as we begin to close John the 17th chapter the Lord says here I in them and you are in me he's talking about our relationship with him and his relationship with the Father. The Lord Jesus said, I'll be in them, Father, and you will be in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me, as much as you love me. So when you go forth to battle, when you go forth to to do what God has called you to do, And you hear the whisperings of the enemy. You hear his tauntings. And remember, those tauntings of the enemy are a sign that you have something legitimate. And the louder their voices, the louder their voices, the louder they scream in your ear, nobody wants to hear what you have to say. Nobody's listening to you. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not effective. You can't do this. You might as well just be quiet. The louder those voices, that should tell you the more significant the gift of God that's within you. Because the enemy would not show up unless there was something there inside of you that he was trying to control and trying to contain. As we go back into the book of uh, Exodus or think about Moses once again, I want you to notice this point here. The enemy hated Israel. He hated the Hebrews. When Joseph initially came over uh, there, he was sold to Potiphar's house. You remember the account, sold to Potiphar's house, and eventually he comes up into Pharaoh's house, and he is the number two man in all of Egypt. And the Lord tells him what to do to save Egypt from uh, from the famine and also save his family. We understand that. Joseph had favor, and Joseph calls his family over. Come on over here from the land of Canaan. He said, come on over here. There's food in Egypt. And so Joseph and all of his family began to live there, to dwell there in all of Egypt. They were there in Egypt together. They left Canaan, came over to Egypt because there was no food initially they were there and to receive food they had to pay but when their money ran out they couldn't they could no longer afford to pay for the food to, to feed their families they sold themselves they said pharaoh we will be your servants you just feed us that was a big mistake instead of relying on god to feed their families they said well Use us. They sold themselves to a pagan god. And they had favor with Pharaoh as long as Joseph was alive. But when Joseph died, the new Pharaoh that rose knew not Joseph, knew not what had happened. And as Israel began to grow, the Hebrews began to grow and increase and multiply, he feared them. He hated them. He feared them because they were strong, because they were powerful, too strong. So he set over them hard taskmasters, people that would whip them and and beat them because they had sold themselves as slaves. They were under his power. And so he told the taskmasters, afflict them, afflict them, afflict them, make them weaker, make their lives harder. But the more they afflicted them, the Bible said, the more they grew, they grew even stronger. And so what was he to do? Then he said, I will not know what to do, I know what to do, I'll tell the midwives, when the Hebrew women are ready to deliver, if it is a boy, kill it. Kill it the male population off kill it but these midwives feared god they said we can't do that when pharaoh understood that the midwives would not do that he sent out another wave he sent his own soldiers out to go into the houses of these women to go into the houses and i can see the scene it's, it's haunting as these soldiers come and knock down doors and mothers are, 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 are nursing their babies or babies are in the cribs. Or, and I see fathers rising up and say, no, you will not take my son. I see the soldiers pushing the father aside, reaching in, and the father is powerless. And the father and mother see their little boy upheld uh, up by the soldier and cast into some sort of cart. And they all wheel them away babies crying for mothers and they take them down to the Nile river and they drown them there why did he hate them so because they were too strong they were too mighty in that atmosphere of extreme hatred for the Hebrews God saves one child Moses And he raises Moses up in Pharaoh's house. But Moses was never an Egyptian. And they knew he was Hebrew. Even though he wore fancy clothes, he lived in a fancy palace. Moses knew, I'm a Hebrew. And he felt the hatred of the Egyptians. He saw his brothers and sisters oppressed, working and working and toiling and being whipped and beat and whipped and beat and whipped and beat. And And he saw all of this. And he knew that he had to do something. That's why he went out and killed one of the Egyptians. But he was found out. So he had to flee. And when finally God said, I'm going to send you back, Moses. I'm going to send you back to my people. Moses says, who me? I'm a man of uncircumcised lips. I, I, have, I stammer. I can't do what you call me to do. Well, where did that come from? Where did that mindset come from? From the atmosphere. He was raised up. In a society that hated who he was, not because, of, not because of the people, not because of where they were, but because he was too strong. Too strong. And so now, now that God has called you to do a thing... And you feel down on yourself. You feel depressed and you say, I can't do this. I I can't talk. I can't sing. I can't, I can't, I can't. Where did that mindset come from? It came from the society that hates you because you are too strong. Too strong. In fact, the Lord has made you great. That's why the enemy hates you. That's why he taunts you because he knows you are a threat to him. And that's why you must release the gifting of call- and callings that are, that are within you. That's why you must do it. And realize that this whole world is just temporary. Your life here is like a vapor. Will it last for 10 days or 10 years or 100 years, it will have an end. But what you do with your life in that time period can affect generations. Let me show you a pattern, and then we'll close out today. Let me show you a pattern that God has called us to live. This pattern... The enemy so desperately does not want you to see and he desperately does not want you to realize. He does not want you to internalize this because he does not want you to break free. As long as you are controllable and he controls you by fear, as long as you are controllable, you are neutered. As long as you don't try to rise up and assert yourself, then he, then you'll be okay. But the moment you say, I am not an animal, you will not cage me. I will rise and do what the Lord says. Then you can expect opposition, but that opposition is only temporary. It is a toothless, clawless lion that only has the ability to scare you through his taunts or through his posts. They try to say little words about you on the Facebook and on on media who do you think that you are I tell you child of God when God begins to use you and your name becomes somewhat famous when you when they see your video when they when they they notice you've got your own podcast they notice you have your own television show they notice that you're beginning to write books haters will pop up like weeds in the garden. And these haters are enemies that the, that Satan has assigned to you to torment you to bring to to bring you down to bring you back in submission. Its goal is to cause you to submit to his rule, and for you never to release your potential. Potential is something that gnaws at us on the inside because you know that there's something greater in you. You know God has called you to more. You know it. You know it's in you. It is undeniable. It is undeniable. And all of heaven says maybe today is a day that she will rise, that he will rise. That they will break the chains of the adversary and declare, I will be free. Because once you become free, you will free so many more. So many more. Look at this pattern. This pattern that you'll find in Scripture. Let this be internalized. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. 1 Corinthians 1. Verses 26 through 29, understand this pattern here. The Lord says here Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes, or powerful or wealthy, when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. And he chose things that are, are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. So I rejoice. Devil, you say I'm nothing. But then that makes me qualified to be great. You say I'm insignificant. You taunt me and say I have nothing to say. Then that means I will have everything to say you say I'm weak, that means I'm powerful. The devil says you can't, but God says you can. Let me show you one last pattern here. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 and 10. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. The Bible says here in verse number 9, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. Why is the grace of the Lord Jesus sufficient? It says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Jesus is worth the pain. Jesus is worth the pain of humiliation, of embarrassment. Jesus is worth the pain. Jesus is worth it. He hung on the cross for us, saying that we were worth the pain. He's also worth our pain. How dare we say, Lord, I won't go. I won't go because I'm afraid. Why are we saying I'm afraid? afraid of what afraid of the pain the pain of embarrassment the pain of not being good enough the pain of what people will say and how they will look and how they will point at us and and and, and the pain of them the the embarrassment and the shame and the guilt of thinking I'm not worthy I'm not worthy I'm too weak I'm not strong I don't know enough the pain all of that pain the pain that man can inflict Jesus said aren't I worth the pain just go go in the strength that you have i'll be with you and i'll show the world that i'll show the world that you can do it that christ can do it through you i'll transform you the lord says and i'll change you into another man they have not seen the goodness of god yet until they see you You will go forth and the power of the spirit and what you do with your voice, with your art, with your business, with your cooking, with your ministry will shake the world. And they may confess as they confessed over the apostles, these appear to be ignorant and unlearned men but they took note, but they have been with Jesus. We can smell his aroma on them. We can see him through them. We can hear his voice as if he himself were standing there speaking through them to us. Shouldn't that be our testimony that we give all of our lives to him? at the expense of everything. So let them talk. Let's give them something to talk about. A little something to figure out. Let's give them something. They're going to talk anyway. They're going to talk whether you're driving a a 1970 get-out-and-push car with Maypop tires. They're going to talk about you then and they'll talk about you whether you're driving a, a brand new Cadillac. They're going to talk about you then too. So give them something to talk about. I urge you in this season, invest all, go all out. Go all out, go big or go home. Go big. Challenge and do. Because the Lord is with you. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this moment you've given us. Lord, I pray for the courage. The courage that you would embolden your people to stand and to say and to do. That they will no longer be chained. That they will no longer be imprisoned. As a matter of fact, Lord, you came to set the captives free. And Father, I pray for a release of every prisoner of emotional chains. Uh, things happened to them when they were in school, or things happened to them when on the job, or, or old church hurts, or old relationship hurts. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that those chains be broken. We declare in the name of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Son of God. That those areas be healed and delivered. Old souls, to old soul ties be broken completely. And that your people be free, free at last. Free at last to love you with all of their hearts. To serve you with all of their strength. And with all of our minds may we be free 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 indeed and if you're in this place today or watching online or listening if you've never received the lord jesus christ as your lord and as your savior now is the time this is the moment this is the hour maybe you need to rededicate your life to the lord maybe you've fallen short this is the time you're here for this purpose for this moment it's time to start afresh and to start anew the Bible says that whom the Son has set free is free indeed and where the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty your freedom begins and ends with Christ so I want you to pray this short prayer with me and as you do I know the Lord will hear you, and I know those chains will be broken, and this will be the first day of your new beginning with him. So just pray this prayer with me, and just say, Father, I come to you a sinner in need of a Savior. I admit I've done wrong. I've made so many mistakes. And I ask you to wash me and cleanse me from all of my sins. From this moment forth, I repent and I turn from the evil and I turn to you. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. Make me yours. And I'll serve you all the days of my life as you show me how now fill me with your holy spirit and give me the evidence of a changed life i receive you now in jesus name amen well my friends if you just prayed that prayer or something like that i believe the lord has indeed come into your heart and come into your life and i say to you welcome to the family of god Join us online at kingdomrock.org and click the contact button and give us your testimony and let us help you in your journey. God bless you. We'll see you again on next week. Bye-bye now. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today, only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.